tell you what, singing like that. Amen. I don't want to mess anything up. I'm just going to leave it to the singing to admonish and teach. But we got to throw a little preaching in there somewhere. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord and I hope and pray that you're happy to be here. I hope you're not here feeling like I could be better off being somewhere else. Let me tell you, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. It's no coincidence. It's no mistake that you're here. You're here because we love the truth. And we know according to the word of God in John 8, only the truth shall make you free. Amen. 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 We love God. We love the Son of God, Jesus. We love the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we find happiness and joy Amen. in the life that we live. That's right. Amen. We're not saying there won't be trials. We're not saying you won't have challenges. But we know according to the truth God will see us through. And that's why we're happy that you're here. And especially if you are not a member of the Church of Christ, we're happy that you're here because you're going to hear something here that you're not going to hear at other places. Now, you might get a little mixture of the truth in some of the things they may say, but here, it's all the truth. Amen. Because we're not authorized to preach anything other. Amen. We're under submission, if we want to please God, to only preach and speak on matters that are written in this inspired collection of writings. Breathed by God. And if we forsake in doing anything more or less, we sin. The Bible teaches us in 1 Peter 4 and 11 that we should only speak as the oracles of God. Why as the oracles of God? Because it is God's breathed word. And who knows better and more than God than what he would want people to know. Why would God entrust the souls of men in the hands of another man? Think about that for a moment. Why would God entrust the souls and the welfare of men in the hands of just a regular Joe, a regular man like you and I? The reason why God wouldn't because the Bible said the heart of man is deceitful. And above all things desperately wicked. So God knows that he can't entrust the salvation of man or men and women in the hands of another man like us. Therefore, he so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son down to this earth 
to save us. To provide salvation for us. Who we of ourselves weren't deserving of it. But that's why John 3.16 said, He so loved the world to even look beyond our wretched behavior that he cared enough to send his only begotten son. And even after sending him in the form of a man in the flesh, the world still rejected him. But yet, the son loved the father so much. Amen. Nothing men could do unto him to discourage him from deviating from the course that he came to fulfill. Amen. In case you hadn't heard, they sought to stone him numerous times. They tried to kill him countless numbers of times. They arrested him. They called him names. They did all kind of mean and cruel things to him. But yet, because it pleased the Father, Amen. he would not deviate Amen. from his course. And if you're here this morning, I want you to really listen about this story about Jesus. Because in his ministry, while he walked this earth, he established a church. Amen. That church that we read about in the scriptures called the Church of Christ. Amen. That church that serves under the mighty authority and mighty hand of Jesus. Not a council that meet once every year or every two years. Not one that has a headquarters in New York. Not one that was started in Arkansas or Memphis, Tennessee. But this glorious institution, this glorious church, as prophesied about in Scripture from Old Testament up into this very existence, its origin is divine. And it's beginning as we can find in God's word was in Jerusalem. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the head of this divine institution. Ephesians 5 says he's the savior of this glorious body. How can you be wrong if Jesus is the head? You can't be wrong unless you choose to go a different way. I stand before you today to proclaim unto you the church is right. Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. It's hell proof. I'm not saying there aren't some members who don't have a little 
and them. But they're not the head of the church. They're not the purchaser of the church. Jesus is. We don't guarantee the behavior of people. Our job is to proclaim unto you the plan. And the plan is right. You can't miss heaven if you adhere to the plan that Jesus left. Ephesians 4 and 4 and following, the Bible said there's only one body. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. There is only one body. Amen. Jesus didn't come to this earth and shared his blood to die for a, a number of different teachings. So there's one body. And that one body has one faith. One teaching. One doctrine. Not many. One. And if you're willing to submit your will unto what Jesus has commanded to obey. You can mess around and find yourself saved. And not only find yourself saved. You can use the scriptures to prove and teach the others how you know you're saved. Amen. Amen. Long time ago, some man came about with this thing called a sinner's prayer. <laughs> the only problem with the sinner's prayer, it can become so emotional, it can become heartfelt and touching, but the only problem is Jesus didn't mention it. Well, if it falls under someone other than Jesus, to whom the church belongs to, to whom the church is subject unto, considering it was God the Father who sent him, what place does a sinner's prayer have in Christ's church? See, instead of accepting what some man would sell to you regarding your salvation, why not the word of God? Here's an example. A long time ago, a preacher said, pray this prayer that you can't even find in the Bible. You know, you would think if they were wise enough, they would have taken some scriptures and, and created a scriptural prayer at least. But they use emotionalism. They use things that would deal with people's emotions. But let me share something with you what Jesus said in Mark 16 and 16. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now if I propose those two choices to you regarding which one would bring you into the proper relationship with the Lord, which would you choose? 
I pray it would be Mark 16, 16. Because the sinner's prayer you can't find in the Bible. So when you stand in judgment upon your passing from this life, and trust me, you're going to leave. And we all have an appointment, Hebrews 9 and 27. John 12, 47, 48 teaches us that these same words are going to be at the judgment. So if you stand at the judgment and try to declare your salvation, your relationship, your fellowship, and your love for God at the judgment, what would you use according to the word to express to the Lord, you've done what he said? Well, I prayed that prayer. Well, that prayer is not in the Bible. But Mark 16, 16 is. My point is this. What's wrong with simply obeying the word of God? Why would you allow a man to steer you away from the truth based upon traditions, based upon making him look good, based upon just following what he say or what the headquarters tell you to follow why not Jesus if you're here today your soul is at stake I say this again everybody in the church isn't guaranteed to live an upright holy life in your sight I'm not saying they're not commanded to so don't allow yourself to become hung up on the shortcomings of somebody else I would like to steer your attention from them to Jesus now I challenge you what fault do you find in the life that he lived See, we can always find something wrong with somebody else if we look hard enough and dig deep enough. But I challenge you to look at the life of Jesus and the life that he lived. We know was sinless. Well, if he lived that sinless life and he offered himself as that sin sacrifice for us, not that he had a sin problem. We did. Why not look at Jesus and surrender your will to him and do the things that he commands and stop being led by your emotions, your feelings, and other things that you see going on in these other religious institutions they will, they, they will provide you entertainment. They will provide you whatever you want to keep you bringing your money. But one day your money won't be any good. Amen. And the only thing you're going to have is the word of God. And if you haven't obeyed the gospel and accepted it, you won't have it. Then what? 
Amen. The church is right. Regardless of what man may say, regardless of how people may feel, the church is right. Because if it wasn't right, Jesus would not be coming back for it one day. My Bible teaches me that one day he has declared that he's coming back for his church. The Bible teaches us that one day judgment is going to begin first in the house of God. Why at the house of God? Why at the church? Because there, there are some cleaning up. There are some house cleaning items that need to be done even in the church. That's why it's not our roles as members to play God. Some situations with people, you know what? You just have to let God address them and deal with them. You, you, you let the tears just grow Amen. Alone. Amen. But one day, Jesus is coming back. He and his angels. And they know the wheat from the tear. And trust me, no tear is going to heaven. Amen. Only the wheat. Is that all right? I just had to get that off my chest this morning. Because I'm thrilled about the church. And the world we're living in is so much going on. And I just want you to be encouraged. You may choose to give up on a lot of things in your life. But I beg you today, don't give up on the church. Because there is no other avenue to make it to heaven. You can't make it to heaven apart from the church. Where are you going to go apart from the church? And how is Jesus going to find you when he comes back for the church if you're not in it? Huh? That's why you need to stay in the church. Work it out. Deal with it. God is willing to help you and see you through whatever it is you're going through. You just got to trust him. Is that all right? If you have a bulletin, there's a letter on the front. It's a letter from some visitors. And I want to share this reading. It says, yes, we made it home safe and sound. I was just telling our congregation about our visit there. I told them of how blessed we were to stop in and Share with you an extra worship service with you. I was truly amazed at the greeting and hospitality of your congregation. I see that the transformation that Paul talks about in Romans 12, 1 and 2 is being accomplished in your members. I gave the address to the congregation for future visits when anyone is in the area. We had a great Thanksgiving and I hope you did as well. Stopping in and meeting you and your congregation was one of the highlights of our trip. And it will be remembered much longer than any other thing we did on vacation. 
as Paul would say, stay strong in the faith and continue to grow as I know you are doing. I see in your bulletin of the good works you are working on. And again, I am encouraged and uplifted because of your faith. For all of us in Christ, it is truly uplifting to read Romans 8 and 1. And knowing without a doubt that God's promises are true. And that because of Christ, we have no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is easy to see Christ living in you and in your members. In Christian love, Larry. I hope that if you are in our area, that you will stop in and visit us. And please share these comments with your members. We had some guests. This isn't a made-up story. He's writing, talking about us. The other Sunday, some of us were just sitting, hanging around after evening service. Sitting around talking, fellowshipping, having a good time. And a car pulled up on the parking lot. One of the kids, I believe it was Taylor. She said, somebody's pulling up out there. And I just said, probably one of these vehicles chasing these ghosts around and they call this game. Then she said, no, they're letting their trunk up. Now when she said that, <laughs> that got my attention. She said, they're coming this way. I said, you know what? I looked at the time, it was about 5.40. I said, somebody think we're having an evening service. And rest assured, there were three members traveling from Tampa, heading back home to Indiana. And when they came in, I greeted them as well as the others that were here. And they said, well, we thought you all were having an evening service. We Googled, and it led us here. We said, our evening service is at 3, but we can have one. They said, no, no, we don't want to. We said, well, it's, it's not a problem with us. We're just sitting around having a good time. Next thing you know, we got to sing. We got to pray. I got to preach. <laughs> and we had a good time. And the results is this letter. After I corresponded with them to see if they made it home safe. That's why the letter begins the way it does. What an impact love can make. What an impact love can make. Just the same if we would have been cold-hearted and said, well, hey, you ought to love. 
let me point you somewhere else. Maybe you could catch them, or maybe you could, but why not us if we're already here? And just think about this for a moment, church. Do you know how many travelers travel up and down 75? Whether they're vacationing, whether it's their job, there are people traveling who still understand the importance of worship. So the group of us that were here, and I thank you again so much, because it wasn't just me. It was your loving reception. It was your tenderheartedness. It was your kindness to stick around. Nobody said, well, I got to go. I ain't hanging around here for no third service. I don't feel like singing no more. Everybody got a songbook and we just gathered right over here, Jeff. Right over here. And we were singing. We were singing. And now somebody's put the word out on us. But it's not a bad thing. And now when people travel through, they're going to remember. God said something about a church of Christ and locust grow. What about, I said Scott, I meant Larry. Larry says something about a church and locusts grow. Man, he talked to old folks up like, and guess what? People have a tendency, they want to see for themselves. My point I'm making, don't be discouraged. Keep loving. Keep encouraging. Don't worry about growing. The formula for church growth is to lift Jesus up. And he said, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. But there's still a part for us to do that we can. We got to let folks know where we are. And when they find us, we have to make sure they find what they heard about. Amen. We got to be about the Father's business and letting people know we're here. It's all fine, well, and good for us to shake hands, embrace, and have a good time, but there are some lost souls out there. And we got to advertise. We have to promote. We got to let the people know where we are. This brother here said he shared it with the congregation up there as well as others. You say, well, they way up in Indiana. How, how, how often are you going to catch somebody from Indiana? I'll tell you what. Drive up and down 75. You'll see not just Indiana, Michigan, Canada, all types of places. But most importantly, there are people traveling who see the importance and the need to worship. Amen. 
I just want to say today, thank you. Thank you. So often, you know, the preacher is in the forefront and the preacher seems to always get the praise and the glory. No, no, no. To God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. I'm just privileged to serve in this capacity and to strive to do my best in God's service to lead, to direct, most importantly, to serve by example. I want to thank you. Because I know sometimes you feel, man, everything is a beat down. Are we doing anything right? Oh, we're doing some things right. We're doing some things right. But we're just in a warfare that you can't let your guard down. There's always a need to keep fighting. Because we have an adversary. And he's going up and down, to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. So even though with these words of appreciation, because of the love we share, not only for one another, but for the love we have shown to others. This isn't the first time we've gotten compliments like this. And I want you to know, I'm encouraging, you should be encouraged that when visitors or guests come through and they can go and say, I'm going to recommend people to stop here. That says a lot, folks. Now, if that don't mean much to you, we're going to keep praying for you and keep working with you. But it says volumes. Because you can go to some places and say, I'll never stop there again. We have work to do. We're approaching a new year. New year brings about new ideas, new thoughts. A new motivation, which shouldn't be a new motivation. Serving the Lord should always be our number one motivation. Maybe I should say, taking our motivation up to a higher level, shifting gear into overdrive. I'm just saying, let's keep doing what we're doing. And if anything is going to change in our service, if anything is going to change that makes us the congregation that we are, let it be taken up to the next level and don't allow it to be looking back. I believe God has great things in store for us as we move forward. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. Don't, don't, don't be discouraged. What we see happening out in the world, things are going to get worse. But I ask you again, if you give up on the Lord, if you give up on the church, how are you going to get to heaven? If you're not where you're supposed to be when the Lord 
summons you to come home. The Lord not going to go down the street looking at the Baptist church for you. He's not going to come looking in you at looking for you at your house. Salvation is here. Just like Paul told the old man, stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. If you stay on, you're going to leave. All of us going to leave. But if you get off, you're going to die. And that's true to the church. He's coming back for his church. 1 Corinthians 15. Ephesians 5. Church without spot. A blemish. He's coming back for his bride. Stay in it. And for those of you who may not be a part of it. You need to get in it. See, you can't, you can't say, I love the Lord, but not be a member of his church. You can't separate the two. The church is his representation. Even now, while he yet sits at the right hand of God. We are his body that dwells here on earth. You can't have salvation without the church. You can't have the church without Jesus. You can't have Jesus without salvation nor the church. They're all intertwined. And that's why you need to be a member of it. He only built one. What did he tell Peter? Upon that truth, upon that rock that he spoke, revealed from God that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, I, shall, I will build my church. And if it's his, it's distinguished by his ownership. You could go through all other religious organizations, but one thing stands clear. The beginning is wrong, the location is wrong, and the founder is wrong. Well, my goodness, that's three strikes. It doesn't take three strikes for them to be wrong. Just any of those three is enough to prove you're in the wrong place. Be encouraged, church. God has brought us a mighty long way. God has brought us a mighty long way. Did you hear me? God has brought us a mighty long way. And I close asking this question. Is there anything too hard for God? No. Is there... Let, let me ask this side. Is there anything too hard for God? No. Let me ask this side. Close. They don't sound too convincing. Is there anything too hard for God? No. I think I'm going to roll with this side. <laughs> and if we truly believe that, 
Let's make up our minds. And let this one word just dwell within our hearts in the upcoming days and if the good Lord allows us to see the upcoming new year. Diligence. 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 Let us be diligent. Because if you're going to be diligent, we don't have to worry about nobody being lazy. We don't have to worry about anybody being slothful. We don't have to worry about anybody being idle. And without diligence, we can't please God. Hebrews 11 and 6. Diligence! And I said, let's go get them. Let's make some noise for Jesus. Because he died for us. Offered himself. Not that he needed to leave heaven and come down and put up with this crazy stuff. But we needed him. And because God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Because we were in need. And if that can't move you. I don't know what can. Maybe you're just caught up way too much in yourself. And to be caught up in yourself at all is too much. Because to serve the Lord, you've got to deny yourself. And then you could truthfully be diligent. Thank you so much, church. If you stand in need of being saved today, today is your day. You don't have tonight. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have next week. Today is all you have, if the truth be told. I pray you'll make the right decision. What's our song, Adore? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, is our invitation song. And you know what? I believe that is such an appropriate song. Because God has been so good to us that folks passing up and down the interstate are saying, oh, some wonderful people. But most importantly, oh, some God-fearing, God-loving, hospitable. Man, those are some wonderful people down there on that dead-end street. Yeshiva Church Road. Hey, the street may have a dead end, but folks, there's life up in here. Let us together stand and let us sing. Thank you.